T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It would be a very awkward dance to go back to the Big Ten and to lead that conference, I think, in the manner he's capable of doing with this being out there and with this hovering over everything right now. And again, I think these guys are smart. They're savvy. I don't think this gets out as publicly as it does if it's not already a done deal or very close to being a done deal. And I know there were one or two other people who had been brought back for multiple interviews as well, but I know the Bears thought very, very highly of Kevin Warren, and I expect him ultimately to be the next president there. That's the voice of Matt Fortuna, and he was on with Lawrence and Layla earlier today on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. So if it's true and you believe Matt, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, will eventually be the guy who replaces Ted Phillips as Bears president. Hi, everyone. Zach Zaidman, Anthony Heron in for Parkinson Spiegel on this Friday afternoon in Chicago. And let's go right out to the phone lines. There is no one in this city who has a better grasp of the inner workings of Hallis Hall than the Hall of Famer Dan Pompey, who joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good afternoon, Dan. It is a pleasure to have you on. Good afternoon, Zach and Anthony. Zach, uh, been a long time. It's good to talk to you again. It is great to talk to you. And uh, it's been a while since we actually talk nuts and bolts football and we'll get to that in a little bit but first I wanted to get your immediate reaction as a a guy who understands what it takes to to work at Hallis Hall and also understands what's expected of a president of an NFL organization when I say the name Kevin Warren what stands out to you? Well, I think the first thing is um, he would be an ideal book friend. All right, we're gonna we're gonna put Dan on pause, fix the phone line, yeah. get rid of the gremlins, and come back because <laughs> his opinion matters too much. There's to a not Christmas talk tree nearby. There's usually gremlins <laughs> that would be associated with it as well. That's one of those holiday discussions that needs to come up more. By the way, I'm going to derail things completely because folks ahead. talk about Die Hard as a Christmas music movie. I mean, why not Gremlins? Gremlins legitimately has Christmas as a part of the plot. Nobody talks about Gremlins amongst the, the great Christmas movies or or whether or not it should be in that discussion of pseudo-Christmas movies or anything. Everybody wants to bring up Die Hard because there's a Christmas tree in Die Hard and it takes place in December. It's not a Christmas movie. Gremlins is a Christmas movie that just happens to have little evil creatures running around eating people's faces. All right, so give me your top five. Um, pseudo-Christmas movies or legit Christmas well, movies? you're obviously big on the legit. <laughs> 
<laughs> we can get Dan's top five first and come back around to that. All I right, suppose. let's do that. And uh, he, <laughs> Dan Pompey is, is back with us. We've gotten rid of the gremlins. All right, so uh, let's pick up where we left off, uh, Dan. And, and that was when I mentioned the name Kevin Warren, what stands out to you about the possibilities at Hallis Hall? Yeah, what stands out, Zach, is I think he would be an ideal public face of the franchise. Uh, he's someone who could kind of bridge divides and talk with people of all kinds and resonate with them. And, um, you know, I think uh, that's something that maybe is overlooked sometimes when people talk about what are the, what are the qualifications for a high-ranking executive. Uh, it's something simple and something that's uh, kind of common sense, but he's got that. You know, I've, I think I've known Kevin for something like – I don't know, 35 years or something. And uh, he, he's always had a really good grasp of dealing with people, high emotional intelligence and, uh, uh, you know, really outstanding people skills. And uh, I think he knows the lay of the land. He knows Chicago. He knows the NFC North. He's worked for two teams in the North. He knows the league. He has been in the league for a long time. He's respected in the league. Uh, he obviously has worked on a stadium before, building a stadium before, building a facility before. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know what there is not to like about him unless you've got someone who's even better, which <laughs> I find it difficult to imagine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe hire Roger Goodell as president of the Bears or something like that. <laughs> you know, Kevin Warren was the guy who was rumored as potentially being Roger Goodell's replacement at some point while he was still COO of the Vikings. I do wonder because we all, whatever field we work in, whatever job it is that we hold, when we're considering evaluating that next opportunity, a lot of it is just whatever our prism is of what, what we're valuing and, and what makes that job significant to us. So for Kevin Warren, currently one of the most powerful men, one of the most powerful individuals in prof- in any sports venture right now with everything he's done with the big 10 here over the last calendar year, so being the president of the Chicago Bears, a renowned franchise, but I wonder, what do you think that that says about just Kevin Warren and what he's maybe looking for with the next phase of his professional life? I'm not sure if, if you know, he'd be looking down the road that far. You know, I think he's 59 years old at this point. And um, I, I know you mentioned the uh, NFL commissioner possibility and you know maybe that's something that that is is a is a possibility but i think uh if he were to be hired as the bears you know he'd probably make a commitment uh to this organization for you know a good number of years that probably i would assume that he'd want to be here to see the the new stadium open uh, if if that in fact does happen um you know so i i think uh I think we could read a little bit too much into that sometimes. And I think that, uh, you know, this is an opportunity that he, he probably has wanted to run an NFL team completely for a long time. And uh, obviously running the bears has a uh, prestige about it that not every organization has. So I'm sure it's a dream job for Kevin. And I, I guess to, to maybe specify my question a little bit more, Dan, it, it, basically because it would a lot of people would view it as, are you taking a step down in your career trajectory then if you were the commissioner of the most lucrative conference in collegiate sports, ever in collegiate sports, and you've got this thing really humming with the Big Ten now, and now you're going to go be team president, which is an elite-level job, 
but it's not commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. So I guess that would maybe specify my question a bit more, that it, it seems like it's not – it's at best a lateral move, if not career-wise perhaps could be viewed as a, a step down, a, a tick down in, in notoriety of job. Yeah, that's a good question, Anthony. And I would say, you know, first of all, tell me what his paycheck is with the Big Ten and tell me what it would be with the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll see if it's ticked down or not. Uh, it, and then, you know, the other thing is, really, where's your heart? And what do you really want to do? And where are you most comfortable? And, um, you know, where do you feel like you could have the biggest impact? And uh, I think... Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily look at one or the other as ranking higher or ranking lower as much as I would, you know, what what really makes your heart skip a beat. So if he does join the Bears, Dan, is it safe to say that this is by far and away the most significant hire this millennium for the team and, and much longer than that? I mean, this is... This is the first time that the Bears would be bringing in somebody in a very long time that has done everything that they're asking him to do and then some. So there's nothing about this that's an experiment like some of the other high-profile hires that they've made over the years. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think we uh, he, he would be a unique person in Bears history in terms of uh, – you know, someone coming in from the outside who uh, has the type of experience, the depth and breadth of, of experience that he has. Um, you know, they have never in their history had uh, a person at the top of the organizational depth chart who was hired from outside the organization, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure on that. Obviously, much of their history was with George Hallis at the top of the depth chart. And uh, ever since then, it's been either one of the McCaskies or, or Ted. So uh, th- this would be a, a departure for team history. And um, I, I think, you know, the other aspect of this, we talk about um, the administrative value and the, the, the value that he would bring in terms of being able to potentially broker a new stadium. Uh, but the other thing, don't forget, I mean, he's going to have a big say. I, I'm pretty certain in football operations and who those people are as Ted Phillips did for many years. So, you know, while obviously the bears seem very content right now uh, with their football people and the football wing, there's going to come a time when there's going to be changes made there. And the, the next president is going to have a loud voice in how the bears proceed in that manner. Visiting with Hall of Famer Dan Pompey here on The Score, you mentioned that you've known Kevin Warren for at least three decades. So what stands out to you? What are the things that you wouldn't know unless you talk to him about his football acumen? Obviously, there's a huge business side to it, but I think his resume speaks to what he's done from a business standpoint. The football part of it is where Ted Phillips always got criticized. From a football standpoint, what do you know about Kevin Warren? Well, you know, I think he so he started out as an agent, right? Mm-hmm. He uh, went to Notre Dame Law School, and while he was there, he met Chris Zorich, who was a player at uh, Notre Dame at the time, and ended up representing him. And Chris Zorich, of course, was second-round draft pick of the Bears, and that was kind of his foray into the NFL. 
and he ended up representing a bunch of other players too. I believe uh, Will Shields, who uh, uh, fantastic uh, guard for the Chiefs for many years, and uh, and then from there he started working for uh, the Rams. He had a long tenure with the Rams, uh, where he was he was uh, on that uh, that team that uh, was the greatest ter- uh, show on turf and was was a part of all of that. Um, so he's seen successful organizations, uh, both from the standpoint of uh, ones that one on the field and one ones that won off the field as he did with the Vikings and, and uh, advancing them with the stadium and, and the facility also worked for the lions for a short period of time. So um, I, I think, um, you know, I wouldn't expect him to, if he's hired to come to the bears and start drafting players or signing free agents. Uh, but certainly I, I think he would oversee that and ask questions and and be a part of uh, the process that leads to the product on the field. What do you think will be the, you know, whether it's Kevin Warren as the, the, you know, news cycle seems to be flowing towards or whomever ends up getting the gig from Ted Phillips, what are the main, the most important tasks that will be on the plate of the next bears president? Well, first and foremost is, is the stadium issue. You know, I think there's, there's nothing more important than that. Uh, I think uh, that ties into the uh, financial vi- viability of the team. And then, you know, the other thing is going to be uh, what happens when Virginia McCaskey uh, leaves us and there's going to be a transition of some sort. And he obviously is going to be involved with that. Uh, so I, I think, um, you know, that's, that's huge. Whatever happens there is huge. And, and um, certainly, uh, whatever happens with uh, with the football side of things is huge too. The, the, the Bears are at a critical stage in, in their in their development as a team, and um, you know he's going to oversee. I would think the new president is going to oversee uh, whatever Ryan Poles does, how how he decides to build around Justin Fields, and how Matt Eberflus uh, coaches the players that he's given. Dan, what is the most realistic timetable based on, and this is back to this year's football team going forward here in terms of the, the retooling process here. You've watched a lot of rebuilds over your time covering the NFL based on what the bears have in terms of assets, cap space, draft picks and players on the team. What's realistic for fans to expect in terms of how long this is going to take to, to put the bears in a position where they're able to to compete for division titles and championships. Well, Zach, you know, on the one hand, we see quick turnarounds in the NFL all the time. You know, it's not uncommon for a team to go from last in the division to first. Uh, but I think if the Bears are going to be a serious contender for a Super Bowl that contends not just for one year and falls off, but stays on the top for a while, I think it's going to take – a long time. I think there's many, many holes in this team. Uh, you know, at least at the very minimum, two off seasons, uh, and and that, and and even with that, they would need to hit on many, many of their decisions. You know, sign the right free agents, draft the right players, and then you'd have to make sure that the players that you have, particularly Justin Fields, develop the way that you want them to develop. And if all those things happen, I would say 
you know, maybe 2025, you could have a team that's, that's a Super Bowl contender. But, you know, th- those things happening are far from a given, as, as anyone who's lived in Chicago knows. You know, it's, uh, it's tough to hit on all your draft picks or a lot of your draft picks. It's tough to hit to make all the right decisions in free agency. It's difficult to uh, retain the players that can help you win and, and, and to know which ones to let go. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a treacherous road they're on and, and uh, many, many difficult decisions lay ahead. Yeah, it's tough to hit home runs every single offseason right. consistently. Dan, great stuff. Thank you so much. We'll be listening Sunday. All right. Thank you, fellas. Enjoyed it. Thanks, the Dan. Hall of Famer Dan Pompey lending his insight as to what the Bears could be doing shortly with the presidential post at Hallis Hall. So when we come back, who is Kevin Warren and what does his potential departure mean for the Bears? as well as the Big Ten. Anthony Heron is here. I'm Zach Zaidman. You can join us as well. 312-644-6767. Sports Illustrated College Insider Pat Forty joins us next on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Adam McKay. Honestly, always a pleasure. Big fan of the show. Afternoons on The Score. Yeah, Ray just alerted to me when I got on the app, and I just quickly before we started talking here, got on, looked at it. It's a very interesting move. Right now, obviously, if you're building a franchise, you want the best leaders, right? The best people in the building. And I think that's probably a goal to looking at here with Kevin Warren, given what he's accomplished, like you said, Lawrence, in the Big Ten Conference, to come in and take on that prominent role within the building at Hallis Hall. It's a really interesting move, and I'm kind of excited about it. I'll be honest, kind of excited about it because it's different, it's unique. And you're taking someone with a very high-level background and putting them in a football environment to help your team grow. That was the boys one of our favorites. My guy, fellow Hawkeye, Matt Bowen, on yesterday with Lawrence Holmes and Layla Rahimi on the Bernstein and Rahimi Show. I'm Anthony Heron alongside my guy, Zach Zaidman. We are here in for Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel on the Parkins and Spiegel Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, let's go back out. 
to the hotline and keep the Kevin Warren conversation rolling here with all the reports and the rumors about him potentially certainly being in strong consideration to be the Bears' next team president. Let's go back out to the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, and talk to a friend of mine, Pat Forty, partner of mine at the Big Ten Network and also one of the most dialed-in college sports writers from Sports Illustrated. He's on Twitter at ByPat40. Pat, what's happening, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good, Anthony. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. Rather uh, rather surprising news, uh, in my opinion, earlier in the week about Kevin Warren. I mean, it's got the Chicago sports fan base all abuzz, and I, I suppose it's probably two different ends of it. A lot of Bears fans seem rather excited about the notion, and some Big Ten fans are scratching their heads a little bit. What's your your understanding of, of what what maybe goes into at least where we're at? perhaps early, perhaps late in the process with Kevin Warren being in consideration. Yeah, um, <clears throat> right. I, I, you know, the, the sense, obviously, is that this was not done, and certainly nobody was ready for it to go public. Uh, so I think that kind of caught maybe the Bears and certainly Kevin Warren off guard. Um, now, you know, it's a little bit awkward. It's, <laughs> he's, he's got two teams in the college football playoff this weekend, <laughs> and people are talking about whether you're trying to, to bail on the league. So, uh, that's been an interesting kind of dynamic there. But, you know, he doesn't go through the, the process of multiple in-person interviews unless he's pretty serious about the job, I would think. So, you know, if, the, if this is heading in that direction, I can understand the fit from a Chicago standpoint because he helped build the stadium at Minnesota. Obviously, the Bears are looking to do something similar. Um, you know, I think he really... His image got a big, big boost in reputation when the uh, he pulled off both the the expansion with USC and LA and a you know record-setting media rights deal. So uh, it's an interesting time. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't seem like the time when he would want to leave, but if his if his head and heart are in the NFL, then uh, timing is kind of immaterial. Yeah, Pat. Do you think that's simply it? Is that his heart is in the National Football League, and that's why you would leave such a prominent position. I, you know, I think so. There's been, you know, a lot of speculation that ultimately he would like to be the commissioner of the NFL, things like that. And and he obviously has done some, some very, you know, productive work in that league. And uh, I don't think anybody looked and said, well, he's, he's a college lifer or anything like that. So, uh, you know, they, he wasn't one of these guys that's going to be commissioner for 20 years. Um, but... Uh, you know, was this the kind of position he wanted to go to, or is this the position to get to then get the next position? Uh, you know, I think that's kind of more the question. Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. What what would the Big Ten be losing if, if Kevin Warren ended up taking the job with the Bears? Well, um, first of all, I mean, he, he was a, a pioneer in terms of uh, being uh, the first black commissioner of a Power Five conference. Uh, you know, I think that he connected very well with athletes. You know, that was one of his first big uh, initiatives was I'm going to go to campus. Like, you know, I'm going to go into the wor- the student rec center and work out with, with the athletes and that sort of thing. And, and so I think there is, there's that. Um, but honestly, once you get that media rights deal locked up and you feel like you're in a good place in terms of uh, expansion, I'm not sure what else there is to do for the next several years other than, you know, sit by the window with a, with a candle in it, hoping Notre Dame eventually stops and waves at you. So, 
you know, I think that, that his heavy lifting for to a degree is done at this point. And the next commissioner, you know, I mean, there's always stuff for commissioners to handle and to do, but but maybe not not that much. Wow, that was quick. Yes. He went from being the outcast of all outcasts to the most successful well, man in the sport but overnight. You, but you bring up a great point because, and I think Pat talked about the relationship that Kevin Warren has with the student-athletes. What kind of a relationship does he have with the college administrators in the Big Ten? That's a, that's another part of that's a different equation. Um, you know, I, he had a lot of people mad at him, obviously, in 2020 when there was the indecision about uh, and then ultimately a very controversial decision about uh, what to do with the football season. And, you know, I, both the 80s and the league presidents, I think, were, were a little bit put off by their interactions with him and whether or not he was really listening to them. Uh, and that, now there's been a lot of presidential turnover since he was hired, but he's got a contract that has not been extended or, or uh, uh, renewed. So there's, there's the other element of the equation here is, was he trying to get leverage here or is he really like, I, I sense I'm not wanted here and I, I, it's time for me to look for something else. And that, that's interesting. How, how much detail do you know on his, his contract status? Is it likely that there'd be a big pay bump in working with the bears? How many years were remaining on the current deal he has with the big 10? Yeah, that I, I am really not sure, Anthony. Uh, you know, I think that there was uh, looking at tax returns. I think that the the guess was that he's making about four million a year from the Big Ten. I don't know how much it pays to get be an NFL president. Four million seems like a lot. So I don't know whether he would be looking at making more money going to the Bears or not. Uh, and I don't. We don't know terms of like the length of the contract. We just know he's still working on his original deal and. You are at this point basically three years in. If it's if it's a five year deal, maybe he's got two years left, and he might feel like after everything that happened over the summer, he's entitled to uh, a little more job security than he's been granted. It's interesting, Zach. Where Roger Goodell makes north of forty million a year, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, NFL commissioner is one thing, Big Ten commissioner is another. But Kevin Warren has negotiated this fairly magnificent, monumental TV rights deal, and he's making a tenth of what Roger Goodell makes. That that surprised me a little bit in scale. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I guess being the NFL commissioner is like the ultimate commissioner job in terms of pay <laughs> and in terms of the, you know, the, the amount of flack you have to put up with. But, uh, you know, I think Roger Goodell is willing to take flack for that annual salary. <laughs> and, you know, $4 million for a, for a commissioner is good money. Mm-hmm. It's more, I'm, I believe it's more than Greg Sankey is making. I, and I'm, I would imagine it's probably more than, than all the rest of the Power Five. If I'm making forty million a year, you can rip me all you want. I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll be I'll, anybody's pin cushion yeah, for I'll that. Be able, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll buy myself a nice cocoon with uh, <laughs> some of that money, and uh, and I'll, I'll tune everybody out. So, for the Big Ten going forward, have you heard rumblings behind the scenes as to who may be the next person up? Well, I think that there would be a segment of people who would automatically say. Well, let's go get the guy we should have hired all along, and that's Jim Phillips, the former Northwestern AD who's now the commissioner of the ACC. Uh, I don't know whether Jim Phillips would want to leave the ACC, but I would think he might, given kind of the hamstrung nature of that league. They're stuck in a bad media rights deal. They can't really get out of it. The 
Uh, membership is not very happy. It's restless. You know, you could be losing team eventually there. So if you're a Midwest guy, if you're a Chicago guy, if you worked in the Big Ten and you wanted that job the first time around and you didn't get it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, would, would take a long look at it the second time around. And for, for Kevin Warren, who had been in the NFL for so long, the transition to collegiate administrator, to commissioner of a college conference – would have been a difficult task anyway just because he hadn't done it, and there's so many different plates you have to spin in that capacity. So it almost feels like all right, he's just kind of getting his sea legs now, but, but how would you describe just how, how different the role may be then of being the, the you know, Big Ten commissioner and everything that goes from academics and athletics on his plate versus being able to focus on if he were just going to run one pro sports team? Yeah, I think it's a much less complicated job. Now, I'm, I've also never tried to build a stadium. So uh, you know, I'm sure that's a, a major undertaking. But in terms of, yeah, the number of constituencies you have to deal with, it's not just 16 schools. It's 16 presidents, 16 ADs, 16 football coaches, 32 basketball coaches. Uh, you know, there's a lot, as you said, a lot of plates to spin. And that job is only going to become more complex as you try to put together scheduling with UC and UCLA on the West coast. So, you know, that while they seem confident they can work it out. And I know that's kind of been his big focus is onboarding those two schools. Uh, It's going to be hard and it's going to be controversial. And again, you know, if like, if, if, if you're good at building stadiums and you have a pro background, that might seem like a much easier uh, and more manageable job. Pat, as always, outstanding stuff, man. Really appreciate your time and the detail. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks very much. That is Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated on Twitter, at Pat Forty, joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off air, Zach, just about, you know, like for me, just in different job opportunities. Obviously, you've had various jobs over the years as well. Just, you know. Quality of life is a huge deal for it. I feel like it's a big deal for a lot of people, but obviously if the money is drastically different then everybody's got a price, I suppose, and that can tip the scales. But, you know, if I just put myself in Kevin Warren's shoes and just think about where I've been most experienced and, you know, most successful, all right, that, that may not apply anymore with what he's done with the Big Ten over the last calendar year plus here, but where he has been most renowned for the longer period of time, what seems like maybe it's his – bigger comfort zone has been life in the NFL and there's just man even without COVID it just there would have been so much that you have to manage in intercollegiate athletics and I do wonder how much just quality of life comfort of life comfort of work-life balance would factor into him maybe making this move it'll be interesting when we finally get a chance to talk to him when this becomes official and you heard Pat Forty talk about how neither side was ready to have this become public Warren uh, nor the Bears but I I think what is really intriguing to me is I don't think that Kevin Warren could do any more to help grow the Big Ten right (laughs) you you've left the conference so much better than when you found it so you've added these two mega schools in USC and UCLA. It's now a coast-to-coast conference, the Big Ten, right? Which was already big. It's yeah. even bigger now. Right. And you you have these record-setting television deals. What more could you possibly do? And then you hear Pat talk about that relationship that, that might not be there with all the administrators uh, 
based on what happened during uh, the pandemic year of, of 2020. So now you have this unique opportunity where you might enjoy where you live right now. The team in that city has a major need for someone who has your unique <laughs> set of skills because it's not just a team president. It's yeah. it's a team president that has to spearhead a new stadium, something you've done before. It is a team president in a city where that's the focus of the city when it comes to sports. With all due respect to the other teams in Chicago, the Bears are the Bears, so the right? Moves the needle like the Bears. And, yeah. and after everything that Kevin Warren has dealt with, just from we, – we joked about how $40 million, I can find a cocoon. And, mm-hmm. But you know what? It takes a special individual to handle that kind of criticism. He did. <laughs> And there's nothing that he's going to deal with with the Bears that can be worse than what he had to deal with in 2020 when he was the commissioner of the Big Ten and no one knew how to navigate their way through COVID. It reminds me a bit of, you know, as I've been describing Justin Fields since the time the Bears drafted him and you know, the, the confidence I've had in what I, what I anticipate for his development up to this point and what will continue to be the case in the future. You, you've, you've seen an individual who's been who's been tested, who's had to sort of answer the bell on a big stage against high-level competition under huge scrutiny and been able to manage that, you know, in Justin Fields' case, both on the field and off with, with a level of, of confidence and, and a control of himself and of his environment that, that speaks, to me, speaks to me as someone who will continue to, to command an even bigger stage in the NFL. And for Kevin Warren, now with the Bears, if the Bears are able to, to finalize things and bring him in, to your point, you, you've seen someone on, frankly, an even bigger stage, you know, with bigger implications, more monumental things on the line and, and be able to handle that. And, you know, I've been around and spoken to and, and interacted with Kevin Warren publicly and privately. And it's like every moment of the way he he was, especially in that pandemic year of 2020, when when the world was introduced to him, when folks likely hadn't even heard of him, let alone actually, you know, right. seen his leadership style up to that point and always, you know, to to an interview, to a moment, to a conversation, talked about being prayerful and methodical. And at every step of the way, that's really what he was. Whether you disagreed or agreed with any of the decisions he made, he was he was fairly, fairly methodical in how those decisions played out and never really seemed, you know, I suppose overwhelmed by the the scrutiny of the moment. And you know at the NFL level, he's not a stranger to anyone. Right. He knows yeah. the power brokers in the league, which I think is a big deal. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, you started talking about Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I've got my thoughts. You have okay. your thoughts. We're going to run them by each other. Right. That's coming up next. 312-644-6767. Patrick Manley in the 4 o'clock hour. Zach Zaidman, Anthony Heron in for Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Talk radio was on. <laughs> Afternoons on the score. You think Justin Fields wins a playoff game for the Bears? Yeah. you saying his career? Yep. Absolutely. All right. Hell yeah. Mark it down. down. He'll go down to be the best Bears quarterback in history. Hell yeah. Whoa. Better than Cutler. Jay Cutler. <laughs> How did both of y'all say Cutler? Because strictly because they, he enjoys them from the reality TV show. Oh, he okay. enjoys them from the internet. He's Never from mind Cutler. Yeah. Kyle Orton. You kidding me? Oh. Kyle Orton. Sexy Rex. Rexy. Grossman. Sexy Rexy took him to the Super Bowl. Who's Star old Ball? buddy? Jimmy McMahon. Clawson. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon. You're saying uh, yeah. he's better than Jim McMahon's going to be? I think so. They never had a 4,000-yard passer, right? Hey, let's put it down on the ticker. Darius Butler says Justin Fields will, without a dot, be the greatest Bears quarterback of all time. Thank you, D-Bug. It would be good for the league, too. We need a good quarterback Chicago. Chicago, yeah. 
Was that a Chicago accent? Is that what that was? <laughs> I think Stand that there? was an attempt at a Chicago accent. I don't know where Mackenzie's from. I don't know. I think he's from Pittsburgh. Oh. Or right outside Pittsburgh. Feels like there's some parallels with the Pittsburgh accent right. and the Chicago accent a little bit. A little bit. Like Wani. He was born right? he was born in Plum, Pennsylvania. Okay. Wherever yeah. the heck that is. It's right outside Let's assume Pittsburgh. it's near Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's right outside Pittsburgh. And then he, he went to school at West Virginia. So the, the twang comes from there. And then, you know, he spent most of his adult life in, in Indianapolis. So <laughs> that explains why he sounds the way he does. It was Darius Butler, by the way, uh, on the Pat McAfee show. And it's interesting they left out the guy who by far and away is the best Bears quarterback of all time, and that would be Sid Luckman. Luckman. When you revolutionize the game of football. Now, it's unfortunate that the Bears haven't had anyone to revolutionize the game since. This year, maybe you're beginning to get a little bit of a— Luckman was what? Fifties, I got. We we hear, uh, bring up his name so much. I don't even remember. He was like thirty nine. I think was his uh, okay. yeah first right. year in in the NFL with the Bears, and then obviously the monsters of the Midways took off in the forties. Uh, He's a war hero as well. So yeah, Sid Luckman, he he did it all, and apparently he was well on his way. His family had a a, a truck driving business, and I believe that's where he was headed. Hmm after graduating from Columbia and George Hallis had to go to the Luckman household convinced Sid and his parents that you can make a lot of money mm. playing professional football we will change the entire game of football as people know it in order to take advantage of your skills sound familiar sound like that would have been true in the 30s that you can make a lot of money playing professional football but I don't you know, you start winning championships, you're, you're going to make some money, especially in this town. It's a right, Bears town, right? right? Yeah. I mean, they're so I bring that up. And by the way, Zach Sadman, Anthony Heron in for Parkinson Spiegel on this Friday afternoon slash early evening. Three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven. Patrick Manley at some point during the four o'clock hour. So and I mentioned how they they revolutionized. They changed everything about football as we know it in order to complement Sid Luckman's skills. Right? Mm-hmm. Sound Very familiar? unique set of skills. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a guy that plays for the Bears now that has a unique set of skills. Mm-hmm. Can you win with those skills? Oh, 100%. Yes. I mean, you know, I don't think we should assume that Justin Fields is the best he's ever going to be right now. I think it, it really comes down to that. Can they win a Super Bowl with the today version of Justin Fields? It would certainly be a longer road. But the version of Justin Fields a year from now, two years from now, the – the upward trajectory that his his not only his productivity because frankly the I, I was you know, before before Justin Fields really kind of lit the NFL world ablaze I was debating this with Lawrence and Dan and and with uh, with hot different points where the the statistics of the passing offense still aren't monumentally better now it's far more efficient because his comfort within the pocket, his ability to read defenses, the accuracy of his passes, all those things have have progressed. And so the passing game is far more efficient now than it was early in the season. But from a yardage perspective, it's still, you know, it's at the bottom of the NFL with, with their ability, with their attempts and their yardage. That being said, we're seeing his progression take place. So we're, we're projecting a bit, which you usually have to do with most young quarterbacks. And yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to to doubt that the Bears could win at a high level with the with the all around skills, the the tangible skills that Justin Fields has shown, and then also the intangible of of what what he's been able to display to the team, both mentally and emotionally, which are are so key to be able to have consistent success at that position. 
you have a unique perspective because you watched him in college. A lot mm-hmm. of people now here that are Bears fans say, yeah, we watched him in college. You probably <laughs> watched him in, in the biggest games, not on a, a regular basis like you did. He was not this runner right. in college. Yeah. He was not a running quarterback. He's a quarterback who could run at Ohio State. Here, he's a running quarterback, and the throwing is secondary. It's almost as though the roles have been reversed. Mm-hmm. What happened to Justin Fields, the passer? It's just, it's developing. It's a work in progress. It's the, the reason that um, – sit down so we can get into the minutiae here. The reason <laughs> that I evaluated Trevor Lawrence as the number one QB in that class and Justin Fields as number two, I, I really didn't think anyone else was close. I never thought Zach Wilson was close. never thought Trey Lance was close. Who else? Davis Mills. You know, there, there weren't any other guys to me in the discussion Mac of the Jones, top yeah. two. Right, Mac Jones. Um, none of them were on par, in my opinion, with Lawrence and Fields. And it's been that way through every phase of both of their developments. They, they're both from Georgia. They've both been the top two quarterbacks in their class, whether you're talking high school or NFL draft. Mm-hmm. But Lawrence has always been a guy who is a more natural point guard as a quarterback, who throws with more natural rhythm and anticipation and accuracy at, at all, all levels of the route tree, both short, intermediate, and deep. Justin Fields, a deadly accurate deep ball, but he is more, you know, go back to the Kevin Warren word, more methodical in his both his passing mechanics, where he's not very quick and rhythmic with his release. He's working on that. That's one of the things that's really impressive about what we've seen in his development this season because he has adjusted his throwing motion and his accuracy throughout the season has enhanced with that, with his his sort of aptitude for for reading defenses increasing and also just getting more accustomed to the the quicker release that he's been using here. But we're seeing that progress and the the lack of playmakers he's surrounded with is a part of that because we did see him willing to give receivers chances at Ohio State at a higher clip in college than what he's been willing to in, in, to a large extent with the Bears. He seemed like a guy who was uh, a see-it-throw-it guy at mm-hmm. Ohio State, mm-hmm. which is similar to Jay Cutler when he was here at right. his best, right? right. And I, I think that can work if you have playmakers like they do in Philadelphia across yeah. the board and a terrific offensive line where as a quarterback – there's that comfort when you drop back, okay, I can survey the field on my timetable as opposed to uh, having it speed up right. because of the pass rush. There's a number of quarterbacks who have been able to, and you know, it's one thing to go way back, but even in more recent years, like you know, Russell Wilson is having an awful season this year, but Russell Wilson has put up big numbers throughout his career, not as an anticipatory thrower. Josh right. Allen has moments of, of anticipation, but on the whole, when you watch Josh Allen snap by snap, He's not a greatly anticipatory thrower as of yet. Like Joe Burrow came into the league able to throw with anticipation. Trevor Lawrence came into the league able to throw with anticipation. Tua Tagovailoa, who is not physically on par with a lot of these guys we're referencing here, but throws with exceptional anticipation and accuracy and now surrounded by weaponry, we've seen him in the MVP conversation. So you, you can skin the cat multiple ways to have success in the NFL. Justin, I don't know. If he'll ever look like, you know, Peyton Manning throwing the football like, you know, like it's an optical illusion, like a, a receiver appears there at the last moment as before he even releases. But it, you don't have to be game. that. Yeah, you don't have right. to be that way in order to win a championship. What you have to do is put enough points on the board. For example, during that stretch where the Bears were averaging 30 points per game, if that should be enough to win a lot of games, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it wasn't. So that gives you an idea of the, the deficit that he's dealing with on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. 
My question for you, though, is, and I brought this up earlier, and this is one of the reasons that I love the fact that Kevin Warren will eventually be in that room. <laughs> if you're the general manager. I love that you just decided it's done. And it might be. It might be well, done. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think it becomes <laughs> public at this level. Right. You know, because right. I, I just think there's a. Uh, These things don't normally just slip out accidentally. And, and it yeah. creates, I understand why it's uncomfortable for both sides, mm-hmm. especially since there is no deal done. Yeah. So, but. If he's the guy, and this is why I think it's important to have a football guy in that position, you're Ryan Poles. At the end of this year, you obviously did not have full faith that Justin Fields could evolve into what we've seen at certain points this year because you stripped it completely down. It's not like you tried to do both, which, you know, you you saw that in Minnesota, I think. Uh, They they thought, you know, we we can be good. We're not exactly sure, and it worked out Mm -hmm. for them. Do you love this guy? Because this will probably be the best position that you're in if you're Ryan Poles, whether you have what you have right now, the number two overall pick, or maybe the number one, who knows. This will be your best chance to draft a quarterback. You're never going to be in a better position to do that, I don't believe, in the Ryan Poles era. Because of the the draft pick that they'll have access to being in that top two or three at most? Yeah. You better love the quarterback that you have right now and better believe that he can ascend the way you talked about. Or what do you do? And if he walks into that room and he if he doesn't believe that Justin Fields can complement the running with the passing that's needed to, to balance it out and he sees someone else he likes, what happens if your GM, the guy you hired to make the football decisions, Knocks on the door. Hey, George, Kevin, got to have a conversation. What happens? Yeah, I don't. Now, I I'm think just, he'd be crazy to do that. Right? Yeah, I, I think I think that I think that ship left the, left the dock a while ago. I just I, I think that even even the growth as a, as a passer from Justin Fields, like even last week's game as an example, I don't I don't think he threw for 150 yards in right. the game. But isn't that a concern to you that we haven't seen this guy come close to throwing for 300 yards, which is what you need to do? No. Because you you need to evaluate the 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 productivity of the position needs to go beyond just the yardage you know from a statistical perspective by comparison to Buffalo's quarterback Josh Allen who will who has shown himself as a guy who will perennially perform in chunks of the season at an MVP caliber level going into that game I talked about it on the pregame show with the guys last week it was me and, and uh, well David was filling in for for Mully but me and and and, and David and, and Patrick Manley were all talking about it we all. Said, I mean, Josh Allen has played in the cold. Josh Allen is the big guy with the big hands and the big arm. He's going to have no problem right. playing at Soldier Field. He looked far more uncomfortable in the game and forced the issue far more than Justin Fields as a passer mm-hmm. in that game. And somehow Fields was the guy who played under control within himself, was, was very accurate with the ball, suffered drops as per usual from, you know, Cole Komet and, and Dante Pettis and, and uh, well, yeah, Equinemius St. Brown didn't play anything. There was at least three key drops, mm-hmm. the drive killers. So the progression as a passer is showing in in the midst of what he's surrounded by right now, and that's key. The intangible is super important, but even tangibly, if as Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, as they're evaluating the film of Justin Fields, I'm very confident for quite a while now, they're seeing without 
the yardage from a statistical perspective playing it out, they're seeing a guy whose mechanics are, are constantly on a week-in, week-out basis getting better, his comfort within the pocket and willingness to hang in the pocket and his reading of coverages. All those things are exponentially improved over where they were early in the season. That is such a big hurdle for so many young quarterbacks to get over there's not a doubt in my mind. They're looking at that. And, you know, the, the Kevin Warren end of it is, is definitely an interesting topic, but I, I don't think there should be any doubt. I'd be shocked if there is in Hallis Hall with what they're seeing from his progression as a passer. And I have so many more questions because that leads me to the next thing is you've got a quarterback, clearly has some talent. He's in his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. The best opportunity to – if if he's your guy, the right. best opportunity to build around him is right now, yeah. right? yeah. What's the be- but you can't fill every need because they uh-huh. have so many needs. So if you, which is why you can't just wash your hands of every game the rest of this season. Correct. You still want to see other guys develop. So the thing that I'm interested in, and, and Patrick Manley will be joining us in, in just a few minutes. And this is I, I don't I don't know what the right answer is, but if you're the constructor of a football team, and that's the general manager in the Bears hierarchy, what's the fastest way? to put together a team that can contend with this guy immediately. And how long is that going to take? Because I know we always talk, you got to have the wide receiver. I mean, you look at all the great quarterbacks in the NFL. They all have a guy, at least one guy, except for Mahomes this year, which is what's made him really impressive. But he's got Travis Kelsey. Right, but all of them have a guy, at least one. There is no guy Mm. when it comes to the Bears. But you also need a defense. And the Bears don't have a defense. They're so far away on that side of the ball. It's it's tough. It, this is not some simple thing to fix. And likely multiple offensive linemen and perhaps a, a more explosive running back. They could use help everywhere. They could use help everywhere. There's no doubt. So we're going to ask Patrick Manley. He was a, a part of a couple of rebuilds, unfortunately, with the Bears. In his opinion, what's the fastest way to get the Bears back into contention? Anthony Heron is here. I'm Zach Zedman. We're in for Parkins and Spiegel on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.